0: the book of Revelation. And you might say, what? Um, we have been going through this past year, and we didn't get it done exactly in a year, but we have been going through the Bible from 30,000 feet, meaning we're flying over it and um, and seeing it from the big perspective, the big picture of things, and um, and now we're wrapping it up this Sunday with the Book of Revelation. The Book of Revelation is a very, very interesting book and it's amazing. Many people have an aversion to it that it's like, oh wow, there's some stuff in there I don't know about and it could be spooky and scary and 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 honestly, it is, it is a book that many, many people avoid. And, and yet, the book of Revelation is one of the most encouraging books of the Bible. Because in it, we see the conclusion of, of everything, and Jesus wins. Amen? And and we see that um, without Revelation, honestly, if if the Bible ended in the book of Jude, without Revelation, um, the Scripture would lose much of its significance. We would have the entrance of sin into the world without its judgment. We would have the fall of man without the complete redemption. We would have Satan wreaking havoc without his judgment. So <clears throat> we ought to be very, very thankful for the book of Revelation and the truths that it contains and, and God's telling us how things end. Um, my wife has a unique practice. Some others have this too, but When she reads a book, she reads the first few chapters, then she goes to the end and reads it, and she wants to know how it ends so that then she can relax during the storyline through the Bible, I mean, through her book. And she tries to tell me that that's the biblical way to do it because God tells us how it ends. I say, but he doesn't tell us till the end of the book, okay? But uh, at any rate... If it makes her happy doing that, I'm happy with that, all right? But um, honestly, understanding the end is very, very important. And today we're going to give a look at some high points, if you please, of the purpose of the book of Revelation. But I, I want to begin by just reading Revelation chapter 1. <clears throat> The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos, For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying. I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches. Which are in Asia to Ephesus to Smyrna to Pergamus, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man clothed with the garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall take place after this the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So here's the introduction to this book, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, we often think of this book As a revelation of things to come. You notice in your Bible the the title of the book and the first words of chapter 1 and verse 1. It is, and we need to keep this in mind, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not just a revelation of things that are going to happen. But this is a book that is a book of unveiling. It is uncovering things that no man has ever seen before. And he told John to write these things down. And he gave an outline in verse 19. He said, these are the things which you have seen. And really chapters 1 through 3 of Revelation are things that John had seen. Then it says, the things that are, chapters 2 and 3. Chapter 1 is the things that he's seen. Chapters 2 and 3 are the things that are, and we'll look at that more tonight. Um, the, the messages to the seven churches. And then chapters 4 through 22 are the things which shall be hereafter. It's, it's about the future. But over all of it, it is revealing the nature of Jesus Christ. He reveals things to come. And it, it unveils things to come. It, it unveils. And, and we don't have time at all. We could spend all year studying the book of Revelation and preaching every service on the book of Revelation but he does reveal the departure of believers, the rise of Antichrist. All of these are things that are yet to come. The the rise of a one world government and religion, the battle of Armageddon, the end of human history, the defeat of Satan, the final state of the wicked, and heaven and hell. All of those are described and, and spelled out in the book of Revelation. Honestly, we are living in exciting times in our day today, because we're seeing pieces coming together. I'm not setting any dates, and let me tell you, if anyone sets a date, mark them off as a false teacher, because no man knows the day or the hour. But we're seeing, we're seeing things come into place that that are indicative of opening the doors for other things to come into place. I I don't want to get sidetracked about it, but you watch the news or hear the news, just remember God's in control of everything. This this last week Israel signed a contract with Greece and Cyprus. Israel has has found and has has capped it or whatever, one of the largest natural gas reservoirs in the world. And they signed a contract with Greece and Cyprus to to supply them and and this is making Turkey very upset. It's making others very upset. And Russia desperately, I, I'm just taking this little thing to show you how relevant it is. Russia, desperately needs natural gas. In the Bible, it says there's coming a day when Russia, Turkey, and Iran will come marching down on Israel to destroy Israel. Years ago, they'd say that'll never happen. They are already in alliance today. There's more than Putin and Trump and the Ayatollah. God is in control. And and you don't have to stretch things out. When I was a kid, you read in the book of Revelation that the two witnesses will die and their bodies will be seen in the streets and people will celebrate. And around the world, everyone will see their bodies in the street. And when I was a kid, uh, television was just coming in. That tells you how old I am, all right? and and they said ah oh, that's the answer but we thought man a lot of people don't have televisions everywhere you know nowadays anything happens around the world and everyone can see it on their phones and and countries like africa countries continents like africa and they're far ahead of us in cell phones um, ask the Beabouts. They've been there. You can get a much cheaper plan in Africa, right? And it's much quicker and faster, right? Anyway, I say all the, the book of Revelation is very, very relevant. And it does reveal things to come, but we can't lose sight of this. Ultimately, it reveals Jesus Christ. In Revelations 1 through 3, He is the exalted priest and king ministering among the churches. In Revelation 4 and 5, he is pictured in heaven as the glorified Lamb of God reigning on the throne. In Revelation 6 through 18, he is the judge of the earth. All of this is showing us what Jesus Christ is like. In Revelation 19, verse 22, or 19 through chapter 22, he is the returning king, the conquering king. Now, honestly, as I said earlier, the book of Revelation, if we didn't have it, there'd be, there'd be no end to the human misery. There'd be no end of the story. And this gives us the end, but it also reveals to us the nature of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ we've just celebrated, came as a meek and lowly servant, and indeed he did. But that's one aspect of his nature. He's coming again as the conquering king. He's coming again as, as the, the controller, the master, the creator of all. Much more than just a revelation of a plan, it's a revelation of a person, Jesus Christ. So it is a book of unveiling. Secondly, it is a book of judgment. We we mentioned chapters six through eighteen deal with judgments, and and I can't even I can't even touch the scratch the surface today, but there are are sets of judgment that come upon this earth during the period of the tribulation period such as this world has never seen before and it is it is the the grapes of wrath are being stomped out as the battle hymn of the republic says and and for all these years, mankind in rebellion against God and and our society that says God didn't create this. We evolved and miraculously evolved and there's no God. There's no morals. We can do whatever we want. And God has patiently, patiently, patiently waited and he's offered forgiveness and he's offered forgiveness. And he's showing mercy and he's showing mercy yet today. But the day is gonna come when God says that's it. And you read chapters six through eighteen and the horrific judgments that are gonna fall upon mankind that that will never leave this earth the same. It it is the judgment of God, and Revelation is a book of judgment. Over roughly half of the world's population will will die during this time and and I don't say I'm not saying that God's saying it and I was going to say I'm not saying that to scare you it ought to scare you if you're if you don't know Christ and you're going to go through the tribulation period I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy but this is a book that is worthy of our study to see it shows the nature of God it is a book of judgment and, and it ought to remind us that God is a God that is to be feared and loved. So it is a book of judgment. And again, that's just a drop in the bucket of what it deals with. You can read chapter 16, chapter 6 through 18. But thirdly, and this is the part that, that I love, it is a book of victory. There is no victory... If there is no battle. And from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, there was a battle. From the very beginning when when Satan rebelled against God, there was a battle between good and evil. And Satan has been trying to disrupt and derail God's plan. Why do you think when Jesus Christ was born that the king declared, I want everyone two years old and under, every male child two years old and under, to be killed. They were trying to stop the Redeemer from coming. And he's been trying to do that all throughout the ages. He's still at it today. And there is a battle between good and evil, between God and Satan. And it all comes to a culmination in this, the book of Revelation. The Antichrist will lead the nations of the world. There there will be a global, one-world government and religion. That's really what the battle is going on politically today. It's between globalism and nationalism, but I won't go there. But there will. Globalism will prevail. And Satan, Antichrist, will be at the head of it, and he leads... The nations of the world, imagine, it's it's bizarre to even say it, leads them at war against God. We say it's the battle of Armageddon. It's no battle at all. With the word of his mouth, he brings the victory. And, And he tells us how this is going to end. And when everything is said and done, There'll be one standing, and that is Jesus Christ alone. And he guarantees the victory. He won the victory when he rose again. Satan is already a defeated foe, but he will will bring the culmination of this. And this book is a book of victory. And he, he manifests how it will be. He will bring restoration of of creation during the thousand-year reign, and it is a great, great victory. I, I love victory. Uh, you need your head checked if you say, I love losing. I know we live in Iowa, and we all experience a lot of losses, but we love winning, right? And the reality is there's only one winner, and that's Jesus Christ, and everyone that is identified with him, and the victory—it's—it's it's manifested, it's guaranteed, and—and and you can read about it here. And—and and I can't—I try to imagine in my mind uh, some of the things that that are going to take place and happen, and—and and it's just—I can't wait to see it. But it will come in God's perfect time. So it is a book of victory. But I want to remind you, it is a book of blessing. Notice verse 3 of chapter 1. If you have not read and studied the book of Revelation, I would urge you to do it. And not just I, but verse 3. God says, blessed is he... Who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. We know that when you read God's word, there's a blessing, but here it's almost like it's a double blessing. He says, Blessed specifically are those who read this book and who study this book. You want the blessing of God? Read and study the book of Revelation. I mean, how easy is that? That's specifically what he's saying. And yet, why do you think there's such a cloud and such a veil and and people have an aversion toward it? It's a spiritual warfare. Satan doesn't want you to read that he's a defeated foe. He doesn't want you to understand the greatness and the glory of God. He doesn't want you to understand those things. And so there is. And and in many, and in many quote unquote, Bible believing churches today, they never even touch the book of Revelation. And God specifically said there is a blessing. But that blessing is only to those that are a child of God, that have identified by faith with God through Jesus Christ. But he said, if you are a child of God by faith in Christ Jesus, you will have the blessing of God on your life as you read and study this. And the blessing is, let me just quickly list some of the blessings It will strengthen your faith. Everything will happen as God said. There are things that God said regarding his first coming. He prophesied he'd be born of a virgin. He was born of a virgin. Prophesied he'd be born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem and so on. There are many other prophecies that have not yet come to pass. But you read the book of Revelation and you will read... He is the living truth, and he is truth, and every word will be fulfilled. And as you read the book of Revelation, it will strengthen your faith. It will promote your peace. You know, when you know how things end, it allows you to have peace. It, we sang, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face. We, we sang the song, be strong in the Lord. Um, be strong in the Lord and be of good courage. Your mighty commander will vanquish the foe. Fear not the battle, for the victory is always his. He will protect you wherever you go. You know, I mean, think of that. Our commander will vanquish the foe we we sang um when we see Christ. Let's see if I can find it in here. Um Come back tonight. I'll have it for you tonight. Huh? <laughs> but our tempter will be banished. There there it is. I don't know if it, that's, is that the right song? Our tempter will be, ban- yeah, yeah, there it is. Life's day will soon be o'er, all storms forever past. We'll cross the great divide, to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven. A harp, I don't know about that, but if I have a harp, I'm going to play a mean harp. I'll tell you that, all right? A harp, a home, a crown. But listen to this. The tempter will be banished. I love that. Don't you get sick and tired of all the temptations in your own heart, and your own life, in this world? He's banished forever. Disappeared. Gone. No more battle. Woo! Even Baptists can get excited, can't you? You sit there like that. Doesn't even matter. This is it, man. This is victory. And that ought to strengthen us. That ought to build our faith and promote peace. It ought to encourage endurance. You'll be blessed. You know what? The best is yet to come. It's tough now, and it is. Life is hard. It's tough. But you know what? The best is yet to come. Hold on a little longer. Hold on a little stronger. Help is on the way. Amen. It ought to give us a burden for the lost. Like I said earlier, honestly, you wouldn't want your worst enemy to experience what will take place in those seven years of tribulation. And Jesus Christ delivers us from that. Jesus Christ alone, not a church. Not good works, not anything else. Jesus Christ alone. And he's left us here to carry that message. It ought to cause us to purify our hearts. Jesus Christ could come at any time. Are we ready? And in understanding that, it ought to fill our hearts with praise to God. Praise to God continually God, you are in control. You are on the throne. I can trust you. I can rest in your care. We read earlier, John said, I am your brother and your companion in tribulation and in the patience of Christ. When John wrote this, Titus was the ruler at the time, and he demanded that he be worshipped as God, and of course Christians refused it, and many of the Jews refused as well, and that led to severe persecution. John was exiled in his senior years, exiled to this isle, the island of Patmos, and it was here that God gave him this revelation which is the culmination of history. And history is God's story. God writes all history, and he's written it from the beginning to the end, and he will fulfill it. And this book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a book about the second coming of Jesus Christ, about his return and the facts that surround it. But it boils down to this. Jesus Christ is victorious. In recording the revelation of Jesus Christ, John Hart was to assure his readers that Jesus controls the course and the climax of nature. Turn to Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the book of the Bible. And notice verse 20 of Revelation 22. He who testifies these things, that'd be God, says, surely I am coming quickly. And notice John's response. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. The coming of Christ is not something we should fear. It should be something we long for. And John, after he'd seen all these things, things that that he couldn't even comprehend, and we can't comprehend its fullness, said, Come, Lord Jesus, even so, come. And the grace of our God and Savior be with you all. Amen. It's not something we fear. It's something we long for. If we have acknowledged our sin has separated us from God, and we need his forgiveness made possible only through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if we're better than others. We need his forgiveness for our sin. And he says, but as many as received him, he gives the power to become Sons of God. We're members of his family. That means you're on the winning team. And our hearts today ought to be encouraged. You may have experienced a very difficult 2019. But the best is yet to come as a believer in Jesus Christ. You may look at 2020 and you may think, oh man, I don't know what's ahead of me. The best is yet to come to a believer in Jesus Christ. You may look at the political scene and you may think, oh, God, help us. The best is yet to come in Jesus Christ. He is the ruler of the universe. He is the governor of nations. And we can trust him. And regardless of what your past has been, Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And someday that rest will be complete. We don't have complete rest now. We're still in the battle. You know it. You're battling your own self. You're battling flesh. You're battling the world. You're battling Satan. It's, It's a battle. But the day's coming when the battle will be over. And that's why John said, Come, Lord Jesus, even so come. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we read and study the book of Revelation, that our hearts will be encouraged, that our faith would be strengthened, that we would be given a renewed boldness to share the good news of your forgiveness and victory. And Lord, I pray that today, Christians' faith would be encouraged. Those that might be discouraged and, and weighed down with the weights and burdens of this life, Lord, may today they be encouraged in you that the best is yet to come. And then, Lord, I pray if there's any here today that are not sure that they're ready, that they don't know for sure that they have forgiveness of sin. Lord, I pray today they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins and know that they're adopted into your family. Lord, thank you that you've told us how things end. Thank you that you are the victor, the conqueror. And Lord, thank you that you will be praised and exalted. May that be so in our lives that we would praise and exalt you, the only one worthy of all praise and honor and glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.